star wrestling goes coast to coast and continent to continent. The greatest wrestlers in the world. He may be an apprentice carpenter, but I guarantee you he is a seasoned ring veteran. I've been hit with bar stools, bar rags, bar maids. I'm talking to you! They're scared that Hulkamania is still running wild. I got a big fat wife and nine kids at home, and I gotta feed them! And take a look at Jesse the Body in real life. Open your hand once if you would. You want to see it? (laughs) This is absolutely unbelievable. Totally, completely out of control. He's coming in over the top. Hey! Look out! There it is. That is the open that gets us over. We are the AWA Unleashed podcast. We are the preeminent number one podcast dedicated to telling the stories and reliving the memories of the American Wrestling Association. As you can see on the screen, my name is Chris Tubbs. We are so happy to have you along with us. But I can't say us if it's just me because that's not grammatically correct. However, if I say us... Let me add one and let me add two. Let me unmute the mic one, unmute the mic two. That's Polish Joe. He likes to talk. That's Mick Karch. He also likes to talk. And uh, hi, guys. Hi, Chris. How are you? Chris, are you you getting ready for the the Twins World Series appearance? I have got my – I've got my spot picked out on uh, 7th Avenue. So uh, not Seventh Avenue, huge mind you, but uh, you know yeah. Seventh Street second. But get, get you know what? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe the twenty twenty five parade. But as for twenty twenty three, it is uh, it is not happening. Uh, but you know what? It was a fun year uh, being a member of Twins Media, covering the team like I do. But you know what? It opens up more time for wrestling, so I guess it's not all that bad, right? That's the gift right there. That's with a ribbon on it. You like that? You like how I turn a, a a negative into a positive? I'm almost I'm almost teary eyed. You just you you're my role model, and you got to me with that one. Hey, I, it's sort I, of indicative of today, what today's show is going to be. Ah, yeah, yeah it, it is. You know, we've got. Well, we'll get to the the topic here in a minute. It's a little off the beaten path, but I feel like it's a conversation that we need to have, guys, because I just feel like we're in this. We're in this downward spiral as wrestling fans. And I want to figure out what is the cause of exactly what's going on in terms of mindset and attitude from wrestling fans. So we're going to get to that here in, a, here in just a minute. Uh, before we do, you see the subscribe button. We're over 1,000 subscribers. That's great. Let's continue that march to 2,000. The best way to help us, you guys, is to subscribe rate review that helps us out a lot so if you're a fan of the podcast if you love it hit the subscribe button you know tell your friends tell your family tell people that even your enemies i don't care if you you know people that you don't like you know just subscribe please hell we'd get a million subscribers if we did that that's true they're all the the same person with several aliases but i won't get into that um all right. Uh, also, Seventh Avenue Pizza, Soda Stick. Thank you guys for uh, jumping on board. Before we get to the the topic, um, Mick, uh, I know that again we we have to do this. It's another one. This is, uh, you know, every every week I'm saying enough is enough, but it just 
keeps happening. I guess we're at that age and um, the veteran wrestlers are at that age. Uh, Bill Howard uh, passed away just a, a few days ago as we are recording this. Uh, Bill was a regular uh, on AWA television, an enhancement guy, but a great one. And he's one of these guys that always put up a battle. Uh, he did very well in other states, other parts of the country, and over in Japan, as sometimes happens with uh, AWA guys. Uh, but Bill Howard, just a steady, steady hand, a consummate professional, and got the word that he passed away just the other day. So uh, once again, uh, condolences to the family and friends of Bill Howard, and uh, thank you for the memories. I saw Bill many times on AWA TV, live at the studio. Great guy. Never had the opportunity to work with him, but do remember him, and Mickey hit it on the head. Uh, a good, steady hand, and kudos to him, to, to Bill, and enhancement talent in general. They pl have played an integral role in forming the legends that we know and appreciate on AWA Unleashed. Yes, sir. I, and, and I'm glad that we've been able to give these guys their shine because if it's not, if it wasn't for a lot of these enhancement guys being as talented as they were, the, the superstars, like the main eventers, they wouldn't look nearly as good as what they did for the fans. And I, I think that a lot of those individuals will tell you that, what did they say? I had a good dancing partner. Chris, I've, I've mentioned this before. Dr. X, Dick Byer was just so complimentary to the enhancement guys, the ones he called the carpenters of the business, the Kenny J's, the George Gadaskis, the Bill Howards. And he said the same thing, essentially. Without them, there is no Dr. X. There is no crusher. They put us over and we're very appreciative. A little bit different in today's world. You don't really have enhancement talent and dare i say that's a heck of a segue into today's show it, it is for the next i don't know 45 minutes or so we're just going to kind of have a free-flowing conversation about old school versus new school and the reason i bring this up is you know mick you're still involved with the business joe you're still involved uh i'm loosely on the fringes of the business but we see so much toxicity from fans towards each other, towards other promotions, and mainly it's AEW versus WWE. Now, we're not going to go in-depth really about you know certain performers or angles or anything like that. This is just more of a, a general overarching conversation. So hopefully you guys are, you know, going to stick with us because we cover the old school, but we also follow the, the product nowadays. And again, I said, you guys are involved in it. So it, it's hard to completely get away from what everybody is talking about and, and just kind of the temperature of, of all these fans. So let me ask you, Mick, and then uh, throw it over to Joe. I get a few bullet points, but we'll just kind of keep this thing going wherever it goes. Why have this conversation? I think, I think if you're an old school fan <clears throat> like I am or an old veteran of the old school, 
and you look around and you see what wrestling has become in terms of the fan base. And, and we've used the term toxicity. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. And it, it's distressing to me, Chris, as an old school fan, because I remember the days, you know, pre-internet, you know, here's the old guy, the old fart talking about pre-internet, but really it was a more innocent time when it came to pro wrestling. So maybe it's just that we're waxing nostalgic, but I see on the internet, the internet wrestling community has become so vile and so personal in their attacks on each other, on wrestlers, on promotions. And I, I guess it's a sign of the times, you know, uh, I don't know that, that wrestling has evolved. I think it's kind of devolved in that sense, but so has society. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just a microcosm. I don't know. But I long for the old days, and that's why I do my old school page. That's why we do this show. Uh, Mick, I don't think I could have said it any better. Um, it, it's unfortunate that uh, social media um, ha has allowed the, 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 the hatred and the disdain and for everybody to have an opinion and everybody deserves to have their opinion, but the attacks, it's like, just accept what it is for today. Nothing is like it used to be. Cartoons are not like they used to be. Television is not like it used to be. Kids mm -hmm. playing outside is not like it used to be. It's it it's it's the way that things have evolved um, for better for worse. But I've I've told my kids since they were young, nothing, and I mean nothing short of my love for my children, is a hundred percent. And even there, there are times where it's like. What the hell did you do that for? Stupid move. Doesn't mean that I hate them. I still love them. But in today's world, people, it's like, it's like they almost try to find something just to bitch about. Yeah. These same people, if they won the lottery, they would complain, oh, well, yeah, but now I got to pay tax on it. And I only am left with, with $20 million. It's like, oh, my God. God, just appreciate what it is. Yesterday's wrestling is not today's wrestling, but also I'm not seven, eight, nine, ten years old. You know, perspectives change. Everything yeah. changes and evolves. Well, I, I well, I, I've been I use that word evolve and and I was attacked. Oh, I think I got somebody calling me about it right now. I said the word evolve and somebody just like, fucking evolve. Um, Mick, I'm, I'm going to push back on what you said a little bit. That You said the, the industry has devolved. I feel like the, the wrestling itself has evolved or changed, but I feel like the fan bases have become a little more emboldened to speak their opinion as fact. Well, sure they have because they got the internet. You know, it's it's like anything, <clears throat> excuse me, anything else. All the keyboard warriors are one-upping each other. You know, it's whether it's you know bullying or whatever it is, but but it's 
honest to God, I look at some of these these websites, and there's one in particular that is every day shot after shot after shot at AEW. Okay, fine. You don't like it? Turn the channel. But when it gets down to, oh, look how, how horribly they drew, you know, at that live house show in Cincinnati or, you know, something along those lines or, hey, look at this picture I just put up of the, of the half-empty crowd. Well, isn't that hysterical? No, it's not hysterical. Well, and, 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 and sometimes they do it when the doors open, right? I mean, there, there's context to a lot of this stuff. And, and when we go back to the days of the studio shows and all-star wrestling and, and just, you know, how you remember it, it's a different atmosphere. It's, it's a different feel. And when, when did we start to see this guys? When do you remember seeing the fan base? I, I mean, there was kind of the, you know, I'm going to go back to the late nineties with WCW versus WWF, the Attitude Era versus, you know, Nitro, Raw, whatever. But when did we really start to see this thing hit another level? Because it, it, I don't remember this growing up. Like you had NWA, you had AWA, you had WWF. And everybody could have theirs and it was fine. But when when can, can you guys point to a certain point and say, okay, th- this, is when, this is when I started to see the change? I, th- I think the obvious answer, Chris, is when kayfabe was broken um, and you had the, the alleged dirt sheets. When that first happened and people were allowed into what they felt was the inner circle of wrestling, when they knew ahead of time an angle or they knew who was going to be jumping ship and going to another company or what have you, then they started to stir a little bit. I think, and it, you can disagree with this or not, I think when it really started to tip with, with ECW, uh, I think ECW getting the fans involved and taking the violence to that next level and bringing your whatever to the arena, your weaponry, whatever it is, all of a sudden wrestling wasn't tame anymore. Uh, not that it was ever, you know, a child's play, but it was it was more, pardon the pun, unleashed than it had been before. And I think then you, then you start to get the you know the hyper macho guys you know involved and you know standing in line and EC Dub EC Dub and you know you fucked up and whatever they're they're gonna call. I think that's probably where it started, and then it probably advanced a little bit if that's the word when when the WWE went to their uh, uh, 14 rating, um, which has since, you know, again, they've gone back to the PG. But I think it all it, it all just kind of combined, plus, as I said, and I don't mean to be any psychologist here or anything like that, but I think society as a whole has become so crash and so boom, 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 and I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ruin this for somebody. I mean, I don't like what they like, whatever it is. So you've got toxicity and animosity all the way around. And it, it for me, it has ruined the entertainment value of the business. I'm going, I, I agree with what you said, Mick, but I'll, I'd like to add that I think the, there has always been 
that element of going against the grain in professional wrestling. Um, I, I have to use this as an example. Um, who is the president of the Nick Bockwinkle fan club? Don't know him. I bring it up because in the early... I think it's uh, Rick uh, Rick Larch. <laughs> Rick Larch, yeah. But th that that's it's a very subtle, very minor example. But the whole premise of professional wrestling from the onset has been good versus evil. And in the 70s, early 70s, and I'm not sure exactly when the Bachwinkle Brigade began. Uh, I don't know if you do. You know the guy that started that, Mick? He told me it was June 12, 1971. Okay, so June 12th of 1971, Nick Bachwinkle was one of the most hated wrestlers in the AWA. And all of a sudden, he had a fan club. Now, you didn't know... A lot about it. I never heard about it, but I was also six years old at that time. But th there's always been that pushback against the grain. That was a very mild, very innocent, and I'll say rightful, knowing Mc, you know Nick Bockwinkle as I was able to in the later years. He deserved a fan club, but it still went against the grain of what the premise of professional wrestling is and that is again the good versus evil fast forward to the 90s and you're right on ecw i'll have to add in the whole monday night wars thing because ecw is never challenging wwf uh wcw did challenge a direct challenge to the wwe until they screwed things up down and down at wcw but after that, it catapulted. It just, it just did. You are going to have your WWE detractors and haters, and no matter what was on the other side, they were going to like it and vice versa. So it's always been there. It's just getting more amplified. And yeah, sadly, society as a whole, uh, <laughs> we've just become very polarized within friendships within families within communities let, let, let me ask you this mick because you know you started the bachwinkle brigade did you why oh, did was you, you mick oh i didn't know yeah oops yeah. sorry <laughs> well that that's what i saw that's what i saw on the internet so it's got a well kept secret yeah yeah let's let's say hypothetically if you were the one to start the bachwinkle brigade what would have been your primary reason and were you was there any concern that it was going to be for somebody that was not a fan favorite at, I mean, at that time, here's what I would say from uh, it's a personal thing. It's a personal perspective now. So I can't speak to the, the mindset of wrestling fans back in the day with me. Uh, I was always, not always, but probably from the mid sixties on, I was a heel fan and uh, you know, I got what they were doing. And so the Bachwinkles, the Heenan's, even when Crusher was a heel, uh, I was still a, a you know a, a Crusher fan. I, I think when I started the fan club, it was more kind of twofold. Number one, I thought Nick was tremendous, and I you know I was just enthralled with with the whole persona of Nick Bockwinkle. Um, the other thing was, believe it or not, I wanted to make money, and I thought. <laughs> 
mistakenly. <laughs> you can make money in the wrestling business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the wrestling business. Yeah, period. But let alone a fan club. You know, I thought, you know, hey, if I charge this much for dues, but it only costs me this much, I'm going to make a little pocket change. Never happened. Um, to Joe's point about the Bachwinkle Brigade kind of being anti-whatever, kind of going against the grain. Here's a massive difference. When we did it, the Bachwinkle Brigade started because a group of us held up a sign at the Minneapolis Auditorium about five, six months into Nick being here, and it said, Nick is number one. Well, a couple of fans complained to an usher, and they tore the sign down. The next week, I told Nick about it, and, of course, he was amused and, you know, started talking fan club to him. When we would cheer the heels at the TV studio, there were probably four or five of us, but they hated it. I mean, Vern hated it. Wally was kind of amused by it, but you could see Vern turning red and Greg Gagne was turning red. So we were a tiny faction. Now, you fast forward to today, that sign would not be ripped out of anybody's hand. It would be handed to them on the way into the arena. And they would position the fan in, in somewhere where this, this shot of the sign would be on television. Uh, you know, let alone the other 15,000 signs. Uh, there's no good and bad guys anymore. It, it has completely, the line has completely blurred. And I think you can go back maybe to the Road Warriors uh, where that really started to, to happen. But that's why I say I think it's just a commentary on society in general. Um, old, old school wrestling, hold for hold, doesn't cut it anymore. You know, uh, ECW had its its bloodthirsty mm -hmm. fan base. Um, you know, and and a lot of people hate the PG thirteen because they don't see any blood. Uh, so it's it's a bloodthirsty society. I think uh, Nick said uh, to me a long time ago, years ago. Everybody wants crash TV now. They don't want two out of three fall matches. They want the hard hitting stuff. And I think it's just a commentary on where we are. It's just not a very nice world. And I think the internet opens up opportunities for wrestling fans to uh, to take shots. Yeah, we've become a microwave takes us too long world. Yes. Where, where they don't want a toe hold. They don't want an arm lock. They don't want a headlock. It's high spot after high spot. And... I, I do get it. I, I You know, today's wrestlers, with all due respect to every wrestler from yesteryear, from 50s, uh, even in through the 80s, the athleticism of the wrestlers today are a hell of a lot different than overall. I mean, you can, you know, nitpick one or two here or there. But the athleticism in today's guys are much greater overall than it was back in the day. The the moves that they can do, and for better or for worse, oh, love that picture of Crusher. Yeah. But for for better or for worse, they've they've changed the way professional wrestling is presented. It's it's. Not something that's 
ever going to come back. You yeah, see smatterings of it. If you go and watch maybe some, you know, some indie wrestling, which I they support the guys who are up and yeah. coming and support indie wrestling. Even some of them are on their way down, but support indie wrestling. Um, it's just a different time. It's a different perspective. People want it yesterday instead of waiting for the buildup to happen. I'm not saying that it's better. The the seven, eight, ten-year-old in me loved seeing Crusher beat the snot out of a Chris Curtis or a or a uh Caesar Pavon. I mean, I, I, I love seeing that, but that's all we had. That's all we knew at the time. Um, growing up, I didn't know that there was an NWA. I didn't know that there was a WWWF. There, yeah. you know, the the only way I even had an indication that there was another wrestling organization was going down to the local Ben Franklin or Snyder's and looking at the magazine rack yeah. and seeing some guy named, you know, Ric Flair being the NWA champion. And I'm like, he's not the champion. Vern Gagne is or at, at the time. Uh, actually, Nick didn't win until 75. But Vern Gagne was my champion because that's all I knew. And so you go into today's world, you've got all of this information being funneled down into this, and people just want to find something to nitpick and bitch about and complain. Sit back. Just enjoy what it is today. And if you can't, there's a thing called YouTube that has a shitload of old school wrestling to watch. Yeah, if, I'm going to throw this phrase at you guys, and I want you to give me your thoughts. Nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. <laughs> I I uh, I know exactly what you're saying. So to that, I would say, are they fans? Um, I, you know, fan. The word "fan" is short for fanatic. So I guess in some ways they're fanatical people. But if if you if you want the the business to get better, if you're sincerely interested in other promotions other than WWE succeeding then why do you just sit there with your scalpel and tear apart everything that you see? And, and that's, that's the problem that I have, you know, and I'm going to, again, pull the old fart card here, how things have changed in the business. And this kind of piggybacks off of what Joe was saying, how, how things have changed back in the day. And I mean, my day, so you're going back a long time when you went to a wrestling show, I've talked about this before. There was no pyros. There was no explosions. There was no big screen or anything like that. Card's supposed to start at 830, about a quarter to nine when it was already running late. The fans are starting to slow, slow clap and the stomp. You know, mm -hmm. they wanted to get things going. And then all of a sudden, the lights in the arena turned down and the lights above the ring turned on and the crowd popped. You didn't have a guy coming out with entrance music. You saw the the kind of murmur of activity in the back, and then he made his way through the the audience through the audience from the locker room. And as he's approaching the ring, the heel would get that crescendo of booze, 
or the baby face would just get, oh, my God, our hero is in here walking on water. It was such a completely different time. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, somebody would yell from the audience, you know, break it off or he's choking him or, hey, ref, he's got the tights. That's a far cry from you fucked up or shut the hell up or, you know, hey, he's blading. So that's what I A lot of times people will say to me, what's the difference between wrestling today and wrestling back then? The only similarity is that there's a ring as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, you've talked, Joe, about how how people will get bored with a with a scientific hold for hold wrestling match. Interesting point. They will. They want their crash TV. They want their bullshit. But if you see a review of a Brian Danielson against Kenny Omega or somebody from Japan working one of the AEW guys, whatever it might be, these matches are blowing the roof off the place. And they're hold for hold, you know, move for move, going for 45 minutes or whatever. So the audience is still out there, but it is so minuscule um, that wrestling fans, true wrestling fans, I think just get, they get lost in the shuffle. Going on that point, Mick, um, I certainly appreciate the great wrestling matches. Brian Danielson is one of the best in the business. Here is um, taking your point there and then um, sort of comparing it to another point. The reason that those matches are so good is because the people involved in them can tell a story in the match. It's not high spot after high spot. Somebody has just been worked over, uh, you know, for for the last three minutes. Um, their 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 knee uh, has been damaged. They've been run into the steel ring post, whatever it might be, and then boom, miraculously, fifteen seconds later, it's like none of that ever happened. You might, you know, they might blade, and you see that. But they're, they're, they're the cell isn't there in a lot of matches. Today's wrestling, and, and this is where it sort of loses me, there, there's an angle and a storyline going into it, but then when they get into the match, the match itself, there's not really, they, they're not pulling me in to to the feud. They're not pulling me into the match. Yeah, there's an oh my, what a move, or oh my God, I can't believe he just did that, you know, 720 off the top rope top rope, and landed on six guys. All of that's fantastic, and that mm-hmm. lends to their athleticism, but the storytelling within the match is what still brings me in. I'll, one match, uh, I mean, it's been a few years now, but the Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, what was supposedly, you know, Rick's last match. Uh, I forgot what pay-per-view it was. Might have been WrestleMania. That told a story right up to the end when Sean is setting up to give him that final sweet chin music. They got the close-up of Sean, and he says, I'm sorry, and he delivers it. It built up to that. Build up to that story within that match. 
And for mm-hmm. me, I'm in. I Every locker room, every group of wrestlers I've ever talked to, I've told them this. Your job is to make me believe. If mm-hmm. I believe it, I guarantee you every butt in that audience and every person watching on a video screen or a TV screen, they're going to believe it as well. That was It was WrestleMania 24 uh, with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. I want to expand on that, Joe, because, you know, you're, you know, saying, you know, telling, telling the story. I feel like one thing nowadays is that the angles, the stories, they're what they call hot shot. It's like, it's one or two weeks and it's done, or it's a month and it's done. There's no continuously long story. We saw something, you know, play out with the bloodline. That was about a year. And you can see fans that get into things that have this high arcing story, but everything nowadays just seems like it's, it just cycled through so much until you hit something. And then it's like a supernova. It just burns out there. There's no, I like to slow burn, you know, week after week, keep me wanting more. And I feel like the way that it's presented in terms of those long term storytelling, like that's gone. And that's a, big thing that's one of the reasons why today's product is kind of like a little man for me you know great point i and i know joe you want to expand on this too but you're absolutely right and it goes back to that crash tv stuff chris the the bloodline is probably the only sustained angle i think of you know any any amount of time that that really came to fruition recently I mean, um, WWE could have had Curtis Axel still in the 2015 Royal Rumble. He still is. He's still in. I mean, yeah. Joe Joe Hennig should be he should be main eventing every WrestleMania from here to the end of time. Absolutely, and and I I will I will absolutely go to my grave thinking that. Um, what I would say too, and we've talked about this before, is the total lack of emotional attachment to wrestlers. I mean, really on an emotional level where if the baby face is getting the shit kicked out of him, you as a fan, are you're jumping out of your chair. You want him to make the comeback. Now, in, in today's professional wrestling, I think it, everything is trendy. You go to an arena and you're supposed to chant this. You're supposed to chant that. It's like you're going to a, a, a sitcom, a TV show in a studio, where everything is controlled, you know what you're supposed to do. And, and it's got to no, go viral. And it's got to go viral. Got to go viral. And there's no real emotional attachment. You know, it's interesting. Maybe the only emotional attachment uh, to speak of is maybe with a guy like The Undertaker. I, I don't know. You know, it, it seems to me when The Undertaker appears, there's something that happens with the fans. Um, when Roman Reigns was uh, supposedly being shoved down everybody's throat, the, it wasn't so much an emotional attachment to him as it was like this internet uproar, this anger. Why are you shoving this guy down our throat? Um, I think the emotion these days comes from, well, this didn't entertain me as much as I would like it to. Uh, this angle really fizzled out. You should have done this. You should have done that. Uh, why aren't you giving this guy the push? It's not a personal one-on-one connection with the wrestler. 
I think that's a big part of what's missing today. And I got to say something, too, because I know there's going to be people out there that are going to say, well, why the fuck do you guys watch it anymore? You know, if, if you're all curmudgeons about it, I will say this. I watch it because I've been watching it for 60 years. Literally, I have been watching wrestling all my life. Uh, wrestling is in my blood. Bachwinkle called it a sickness, and he's absolutely right. I mean, if there there, there is no cure. Um, although I see a lot of people on the Internet will say, I'm not watching it anymore. I haven't watched it for five years, six years. It's not the wrestling that I used to watch and used to love. Uh, it's in my blood. That That's it, pure and simple. And I wait for those moments. I wait for the Brian Danielson moments. I wait for the Kenny Omega moments. I wait to be surprised. And I tune in every week in hopes that that will happen. Most times I'm disappointed. Most times it's just, I sure could have missed this one and DVR didn't go, you know, fast forwarded all the way through it. But that's why I'm a wrestling fan. And I think, you know, to the people who say, hey, you know, if you want to go back to the old days, get your time capsule, get the hell out of here and go back. Things have changed. Okay, you know, you can have your opinion, but that's my opinion. Well, things have, things have changed in a big way in the presentation of it. Not, not what league is doing what, but back in the day, and I'm not uh, quite as old as Mick, but getting close to him. No, that's not a shot, Mick. Um, I didn't hear you. I'm old. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, when I was growing up in the 70s, um, all-star wrestling was must-see TV. It was destination TV. Why? Had four channels growing up. AWA all-star wrestling was on TV one hour per week. Today, if I'm, I, I have to guess, I don't even know for sure, but I think on any day of the week, adding in pay-per-views, that you could literally watch professional wrestling at home or on your mobile device. And in addition to that, the shows are two, three hours long. Too much product, too much, too much product. Do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say that it's too much product because it's obviously still working. Let's face it. Do you think Raw would still be on for three hours every Monday night if it wasn't making money for both the station and WWE? There, People, whether they tune in to say, oh, great, I get to see this or that was a great match or just to say, the fuck was that or why are they giving this? It's the people... They hate watch. They, yeah, they do it just, just to be able to bitch about something. Mm -hmm. And I will still say, I, I was a bigger fan of old school wrestling. Okay. But I was also seven to 10 years old. Today's wrestling is nowhere near. Mick, you, you said it right. The only similarity is there's a, you know, there, there's a, a four ring post. There's four corners of a ring on television, although for a while there, for whatever reason, I think uh, somebody tried the octagon version, yeah. which I hated that. It's a different product. It, it didn't make an impact. Let me say that. Very, very good. It, it, if you don't like it, turn it off. If you want to see yeah. old school, go on to YouTube. 
what these guys are doing in the ring today, the majority, I'm talking 98% of the guys back in the day couldn't do what right. these guys are doing in the ring today. Yeah, and and that's not a slight against who we grew up watching. Like, they were performers in, in a different way. I, I, I want to ask you guys this, because uh, we got about 20 minutes left. Why is it it's an us versus them mentality? And I want to hone in uh, just for a few minutes on this one before I ask a couple more questions. It's AEW versus WWE. And I know this is not, you know, uh, AWA related, but it seems like it's WWE versus AEW. I watch them both. They're different. I can respect both of them. If Adam Copeland goes from WWE to AEW, great. It opens up more stories. CM Punk, whatever happens, if he goes back to WWE, great. If he, you know, whatever happens there, why is it you can't be a fan of both? It, it seems like there's a battle, there's a, a line drawn, and it's a battle this side versus that side. Chris, is it any different than politics? You know, I mean, it's, but it's fucking wrestling. It's not even, it's not that deep. It's fucking wrestling. It's absolutely. entertainment. Why yeah. the, why do we get so worked up? I can't watch this. Who fucking cares? Enjoy them both. Because these, the, these guys have, have too much time on their hands. First of all, secondly, again, I go back to it's society. Everybody now has to, if you, if you don't like something, you just can't accept that somebody else likes it. And watches it. You have to tear it apart, nitpick it, destroy it, or destroy them, go on a personal attack. It's absolutely nuts. And again, you hit the nail right on the head. This is a worked sport. Uh, the, the, you know, the athletes are phenomenal. And I couldn't take one bump in the ring, let alone go at the pace that these guys do. But it's a worked sport. It reminds me of how everybody got up in arms over the finale of The Sopranos. It's a TV show. They don't really give a shit that you don't know if Tony Soprano lived or died another 10 minutes after the show. This is a business. This is what wrestling has become. And sad to say, I don't think it's going to get any better. I, I think just the trajectory of everything in the world is going to go that way. You know, and I don't care. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. I don't care about CM Punk shoving a guy backstage. I don't care. I don't care if Tony Khan is doing this, that, or the other thing backstage. That has become such the focus of the modern-day internet wrestling fan. Do storylines matter anymore? They don't. You don't hear about actual feuds or storylines or entering action or anything else. You hear more about, well, you should have done this. You should have done that. Again, it's an emotional detachment, and it's just sniping and talking about stuff that does not matter on a week-to-week -week basis. Uh, if I could expand on that a little bit, what I've always um, told people uh, about wrestling is wrestling is not fake. It's predetermined. It's exaggerated. But most of all, it is entertaining. When somebody sits down to watch 
uh, or let's say uh, a Tom Cruise movie, okay? A Mission Impossible Tom Cruise movie. Do you really think he is able to do all of those stunts in real life? Do you really think that, you know, all five foot eight of them can, can beat up six guys in, in, a, in a fight um, or do something just so over the top on a movie, do you really think that they can do that? No. Do you bitch about it? You say, ah, that's that movie's fake. No. You sit back and you enjoy the product that's in front of you. Professional wrestling is such a unique animal that there is a segment of the population that just looks at it and says, ah, that wrestling stuff, that's fake. Maybe in a generation from now, maybe my kids, maybe my grandkids, professional wrestling will still be around. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can look at it from an entertainment standpoint rather than what I believe um, Mick, um, most, well, you and I, Chris, you're, you're, Mm -hmm. you were too young when kayfabe got broke, but Kayfabe, the kayfabe era is still in our minds mm-hmm. and in our hearts. And for those of us that are fans, we can still appreciate it, but there's still that segment of the population that will say, ah, professional wrestling, that stuff is fake. Well, what the fuck do you think a TV show is? <laughs> Even a reality show. Do you yeah. really think a reality show is real life? Come on, people! It's television. Yeah, that that you know that was going to be my next question here, Joe. It's a great segue. It seems like wrestling is the only show that gets treated like this because if you do watch a movie or you watch a you know a, a Game of Thrones, Daenerys Targaryen is not really the mother of dragons. Like she's an actress. You know, you have you know. Uh, you know, Bob Odenkirk is not really a shady lawyer called Saul Goodman. Brian Cranston is not really a teacher turned into a meth dealer. Okay. Why is it wrestling is the only thing that gets criticized like this, but yet in the same realm, it's the same concept, but they're treated completely differently. I mean, we know that wrestling is work now, so we're not treating it like it's a real sport. So why can't we just treat it all the same and not be so freaking critical of it? Here's what I think. I, you know, you, you mentioned movies and TV shows. Uh, that that's pretty. That's a pretty self-contained environment. You know, uh, when you're shooting a movie or shooting TV. And people are at home watching it, whether it's on HBO or whatever, they're watching a miniseries or whatever. And that's where they are. They're watching, they're watching the TV or they're watching the movie theater. What I think wrestling has become is the fan base now feels like they're as much a part of the show as the wrestlers. Uh, when you go to the arena, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier Thank on. You. Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. You know, I, I mean, that's what it is. Whether you're chanting and hijacking a show. What? Yeah, yeah, what? That that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Or up to and including the Seth Rollins, you know, sing-alongs or whatever they they are. Um, and then it, you go to the internet, too. 
you can you can become a part of the show. You can become a, a closet booker. You can become a closet uh, critic, and you feel the sense of entitlement because you are now a part of the show. You're in on the secret. You have every right to tell whoever is in creative how much they fucked up or whatever it might be. You can't do that with movies or TV. You have to go home and, and bitch about it or tell somebody, I wouldn't go see that movie you know, again if you paid me. Wrestling fans are an entitled bunch right now. And I know, you know, we're going to alienate a lot of people by what we're saying. But I'm telling you, at the bottom line, I love wrestling. And I wish that people would just take it like Joe said, for what it is. You know, don't get all up in arms. Don't run to your keyboard and say, Roman Reigns is being shoved down my throat. I don't like it. You know, enough is enough. Pay attention to what's going on in the ring because you're denigrating the mm -hmm. athleticism and the storytelling that's going on in the ring. You're can, can we can we ever get back to what it was? Can we ever go back to? No. We we can never go back to looking at it like we did back in the the you know sixties and seventies. We can, and for me we, in the eighties, we can. But but uh, you know the wrestling public as a whole, they can't. No, um, you can't okay. put the toothpaste back in the tube. It's it's out there. Uh, whether or not the, the breaking of kayfabe is what did that. I think it's just all, everything combined. You break kayfabe, you have the dirt sheets, you let people in. Now you got the internet. You know, And, and somebody says, CM Punk is going back to WWE. Well, no, he's not. I'm going to climb on board. And again, wrestling itself is being lost in the shuffle. The art of pro wrestling is lost in the shuffle with all the other BS that's going on. And that that's... That's really heartbreaking if you're an old school fan. And for those for those that just want to bitch about it, um, I I personally don't have as much of a problem with somebody voicing their opinion about a particular uh, angle or a particular wrestler. Hell, I'm going back uh, again back to the '70s. Uh, if the internet was around. Uh, I'm sure that there would have been a bunch of people complaining and bitching that Billy Robinson was never given the championship belt. Well, why didn't he get it? Why, you know, why this, why that? Well, it, it's always been there. It's just now that microscope is so before you're looking at it through a pair of reading glasses like mm -hmm. this. Nowadays, everything is through a micron microscope and they, they, they look at, any little thing, any little what they perceive as an imperfection, as an open door to complain about mm -hmm. it. It's like, just sit back. Seriously, enjoy it. If you don't like AEW, don't watch it. Don't watch it. If you yeah. don't like WWE, don't watch don't it. Don't watch it. If you yeah. love both or if you hate both, well, just don't watch wrestling. But why are you sitting there bitching about it? Chris, I, I'm going to tell you this, and again, I, you know, hearkening back to the old school stuff, and because you got involved later in the 80s, you can't mm -hmm. imagine what it was like. You would have a sellout crowd at the old St. Paul Auditorium, and they would be standing outside in 25, 30 below weather, standing outside for hours because they wanted to get into the building because they wanted the crusher to beat the shit out of Mad Dog Vashon in the cage. 
they were so emotionally involved. Now, I, I would have to say in 90% of the cases, a crowd goes to a wrestling show, they're waiting for the doors to open so they can, you know, start booing and cheering, you know, the usher walking by with a sign. They can, they're waiting for their cues. They're waiting for the pyro to go up. They're waiting to be part of the production. Yeah. Back in the day, there were heroes and villains and damn it, everybody, even if you didn't quite believe for that two, two and a half hours that you were in the building, you made yourself believe and the wrestlers made you believe. And that's non-existent today. Yeah, I, I feel I feel, yeah. I, I feel like I missed out in people in, in my age. We can go back and we can look, but not being able to experience that. I I have that FOMO, right? Fear missing out. And it's something that we're never going to be experiencing. So I I feel a little envious of that because you guys got to experience something that I feel like a lot of fans uh, won't be able to. Before, before we wrap up, um, and you mentioned breaking kayfabe, Mick. There's a, did you have a story about uh, Pat Patterson talking about kayfabe or, or breaking kayfabe? Yeah, absolutely. This is really interesting. This is several years back at Cauliflower Alley Club. And there was a seminar going on and just kind of a Q&A. And the topic was brought, and all the wrestlers are sitting there, Patterson and and probably the dog and, and Bachwinkle. And there was a subject about the breaking of kayfabe and how the, the wrestlers, the old school wrestlers felt about it. And Pat Patterson took the microphone and Pat said, I think it's great because now I don't have to pretend I can talk to so-and-so at the, at the Marriott hotel without having to just wink at him when I'm going by him in, in the lobby. Uh, I can interact with the fans right now. I don't have to portray that character. That was his feeling on the breaking of kayfabe that it kind of loosened the bonds a little bit. On the other hand, I'm looking as Patterson is talking like this and Nick is just shaking his head on the other side of the other side of the room. So I thought, I thought it was very interesting that you will have those old school guys who defended the business to the teeth and some that still will today. Greg Gagne comes to mind. God bless him. Uh, Greg will go to his grave defending the business. And then you will have those who say, Hey, you know what? The cat's out of the bag. Everybody knows what it is already. So let's not even pretend. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's two schools of thought. I, I get that. Uh, I did. Is, a is one is one better than the other? Depends who you're talking to. I mean, I, I think for me, Chris, it would be a fine line. Um, do I want to know some of the stuff as a fan? Okay. Do I want to know some of the stuff that's going on? Sure. You know, yeah. if, if CM Punk got in an altercation in the lobby in Chicago with somebody, yeah, tell me about it. But don't focus on it for the next several months and forget about what's going on in the ring. If, if AEW did not put on a show that you particularly like, just say so and let it go. Don't hammer on Tony Khan. Don't hammer on Danielson, on, on you know, uh, whoever, uh, John Moxley. It, I, again, it's just the different fan base today. Uh, and you asked Joe and I if it will ever go back to the way it was. No, no, never. Not, not going to happen. If AEW today ceased operations and went out of business, the number of people that would be praising it and wishing that it was back 
or wishing that there was a competitor mm -hmm. against the WWE would go from here up to here. Because we didn't have a competitor for the longest time. There you go. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, and I'm not, I'm not hating on social media. Like anything, sorry, everything has good in it. Most everything. Um, but <laughs> yeah, people, it, it's like they do it for the clicks. They do it for the views. They do it for whatever reason. I'll ask you, just, just stop. Would you rather, if you're an AEW fan and not a WWE fan, do you really wish WWE would go away? And do you really wish bad on them? And then vice versa. And I'll include, you know, Impact and and uh, 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 MLW and NWA and, and all, all those, the yeah. other ones. Would you really want it to go away? Seriously, just enjoy wrestling. For if you go to a live show for that approximately two hours, let yourself become that eight-year-old again. Let yourself get into the match. Don't sit there and you see a punch that's not landed properly. Don't sit there and criticize it. These guys are putting on a live show. They're doing their damnedest yeah. to make sure that you are entertained and that you believe. And if you think it's easy to land 50 punches in a match without truly hurting the other guy, go and try it. Go, go. You and your buddy go out into the backyard, go in your living room, your basement, try and do a professional wrestling match, A, the, without seriously hurting somebody, mm -hmm. and B, trying to make it look real. Enjoy. Just, just enjoy it. Let yourself become that young child. Let yourself become a fan again yeah, and appreciate yeah. it. Did, did you see the same thing I just saw with him with a little thumbs up when he was talking about that? I did. Yeah, you, you just no, you, you had like a little thumbs up that was uh just right next to your shoulder. It was like kazoo on the uh, Flintstones, it just kind of popped up there. Uh, um let Chris, me I, I just want to just one last real quick point here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll go we'll go a little over an hour because I, I do have one comment uh, about those that want one of the two to, to fail, primarily AEW. So I do have one thought on that. Well, this certainly leads into that because, uh, you know, just last week as we're recording this, WWE and uh, AEW went head-to-head -head on the Tuesday night. Uh, WWE had NXT. AEW had the switch from Wednesday to Tuesday because of Major League Baseball. Yes, correct. And so many websites that I saw – came out with this, well, this is what WWE NXT drew for a rating, and this is what AEW drew. Ha ha, AEW. Why? Why are you wishing ill or making fun of, like Joe said, let's have this option. Let's have the competition. Even the boys that are in the different companies, they love each other. They want each other. They're, they're, they're friends. This is business. <laughs> yeah, but not the fans. Not the fans. Yeah, and if you're rooting for one of these two companies to fail, here's essentially what you're doing. You are saying that I do not like this product and I want this product to fail so it isn't an inconvenience to my life. Okay, but... In the process, think about all of the people that are involved that are going to lose their livelihoods. 
Think about all the families that are going to be affected. Think about everybody that is going to be put, you know, not to pardon the pun, in hard times, right? You are wishing for people to lose their livelihood and for their families to be put in financial stress. Is that really what you want? Do you want a company to go out of business so bad that the ring crew, the tech, the behind the scenes, everybody that's involved, whether or not you like the talent, on, you know, the booking of the storylines doesn't matter. There are so many people that are involved that you do not see. Do you really want them to suffer because you don't like what you're seeing on television? That is a very conceited, that is a selfish point of view. And you are a complete dick if you feel that way. Because how would you like it if people wanted you, you to fail and you wanted, you know, people wanted you to lose your job and your family to suffer? You wouldn't like it. Put yourself in that situation. A lot of people are affected. And, you know, AEW, Tony Khan has given a lot of people a job. Vince McMahon, you know, w, a lot of people were, I know they've got the releases. There are a lot of people that are involved in the industry that you don't see. So NWA, MLW, uh, you know, the, the indies, WWE, AEW, you know, Impact, whatever. Everybody, there are more people than you realize that are involved. And those people all need jobs. This is how they put food on the table. Real quick point. Be careful what you wish for. And don't, just because you look over the fence and you see a greener lawn than what you have. I've, in my 58 years, I've discovered that all too often that greener grass that you are looking at over the fence is artificial turf. There you go. And, and well said, both of you guys. And uh, like, like, like we uh, have sadly acknowledged, I don't think it's, it's going to return mm -hmm. to the days of yesteryear. Let's just tone down the rhetoric a little just bit. Just enjoy, enjoy it for what it is. If you don't like it, don't watch it. It's very, very simple. There you go. Perfect. Yep. Very, very simple. Well said, guys. All right. Well, I, I appreciate this conversation. And again, I, I know it was a little off the beaten path for what we normally talk about, but I just feel like we had reached a point where we needed to have this conversation because I feel like a lot of the people that follow this podcast that are on our Facebook page, that are on our social media channels, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are in the same boat. And I hope that we were able to hit on a lot of those points that I feel it just, it needed to be said. And now maybe we can just move on. Give me some good wrestling and I'm happy. You know, yeah, give me that's, give, that, that's what I want. And I'm going to go beyond entertain me. Give me some good wrestling. So it's not a forgettable pay-per-view or mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you two weeks from now who wrestled who. Yeah. Put something in my head that sticks there. That's what I want. Make me believe. <coughs> yep. Yep. We, we got it. All right, guys, let's uh, give some shout outs and then kind of, kind of preview what we've got uh, coming up because I think we've got some things that we're in the process of working on. So uh, uh, Mick, you go first. My good friend, Fred Yerke and his wife, Carrie, two of the greatest, nicest people anywhere. Uh, Carrie has been struggling with some health issues for a while. Wish nothing but the best for her. Fred Yerke, the hardest working man in wrestling. Uh, hauling Dude, that he's ring. everywhere. He's everywhere. Oh, he's, he, he's a phenom. He really is. So uh, Fred and Carrie, God bless you. Love you both. 
My shout out goes to Rob Nelson. Uh, I know that he's a, a longtime and faithful listener. Uh, one of his most recent posts was a question, question to you, Mick, about the uh, Muhammad Ali boxer mm -hmm. versus wrestler angle. So keep those questions coming in. We love to see them and we love to comment mm -hmm. about them. And uh, I'm going to go to Matt Kessling, who's at Matt Kessling 4311 on YouTube. Thank you, Matt, for uh, supporting and always asking questions and having the positive feedback. So uh, we love it. Guys, subscribe to the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, just go ahead and, you know, support us, subscribe, rate, review. All of that helps the algorithm. And we appreciate everybody sticking with us a little over an hour um, we like to keep it under an hour for streaming purposes, but you know, this isn't going to affect us in any way. Uh, I, I know Mick, we've done a couple of Q and A's and we've done this one, but I, I feel like we've got a couple things that I, I know that you in particular are working on. We got some people that want to be on the podcast. Uh, some members of the wrestling community who have expressed a desire to, uh, to come on and talk with us. And I'm going to start working on that as uh, this show comes to a close. And hopefully we'll have one of those people on next week. Nothing, Joe? I thought you were going to end the show, but I, what Nick said. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say something ridiculous. <laughs>